Good morning. Good to see everybody out this morning. Let's all stand and join together and sing, Come, now is the time to worship.
to me, uh, somebody I can go to, talk to, um, level-headed, um, dare I say wise, <laughs> <laughs> <What about that? laughs> common sense. Um, and today is his 37th birthday. We are close. I think I got about half of them. Yeah, about halfway off. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got his whole family here. Uh, I guess that means he's got to buy them all lunch for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that was a magic uh, gift. Yeah. Is that what that means? <laughs> but uh, like I said, I, I just uh, wanted to take that uh, uh, that moment of privilege, and uh, I don't. I pick on him all the time, but uh, I need to once in a once a year or so uh, acknowledge uh, how much I love him and appreciate all that, uh, that he does. So uh, if you get a chance today, uh, let him know the same thing from you, uh, that you appreciate him and the work that he does and um, his, um, his, his spirit and just everything about him. Uh, couldn't, couldn't design one much better. Uh, his mom was here. I don't know whether to give her the credit or... Uh, give her daddy, uh, William the credit. Uh, I'm going to give it to Irene. Mm -hmm. So, uh, tell us, uh, but uh, we're thankful for Archie. Is there anything you want to say? I'm just glad to have my family here with us today. <laughs> One other thing, let me say that uh, I'm thankful for uh, today. Uh, and, and there's a handful of people here who are going to appreciate maybe the first part of this story. Uh, this row over here, uh, Diane, Archie, Debbie, Ed, uh, I don't even, Carolyn, Don, there's several of you around here. 28 years ago, about five, six weeks ago, I got a phone call one Sunday afternoon from this grumpy, um, maybe even grouchy voice. And all they said when I answered the phone was, you preach the revival this week? And I said, yes, sir. All right, then. <laughs> Anybody want to guess who that was? That voice? Well, you knew who it was. That's <laughs> it. I didn't know at the time, but that was Richard Ramsey, for those of you. That's my Richard Ramsey impression, for those of you who didn't know. And uh, that was my first meeting with the good folks at Poplar Grove. <laughs> I don't know what that says. Uh, but then that week, the full peak committee did come, and uh, 28 years ago today, I preached my trial sermon uh, here. And so it uh, falls on the same days this year. In two weeks, on May the 14th, Mother's Day, uh, will be our uh, 28th uh, anniversary here. 28 years ago today, but I'll never, I, I could take you to the spot in our old house where I was standing, uh, and I can still hear that voice. Uh, of course, I heard that grumpy, grouchy voice. If y'all don't know, and, I, and I'm not saying, his grandkids called him grumps. Uh, so, uh, but anybody that knows him knows that was just an act. He was as sweet as, uh, sweet as sugar. Uh, if you didn't believe it, go to the counter to get your drink, and he'd offer to stick his finger in it and stir it for you and sweeten it up. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, thankful for... Uh, for, uh, again, for these uh, last uh, 28 years. Doesn't seem possible. Uh, but um, so thank you all for uh, putting up with me and I put up with you. Anyway, anybody got a word? Now I'll give you a chance. Anybody got a word of testimony? Anybody got a word of praise this morning? God's blessed you. 
Oh, it's Irene, okay. All right. I, I thought James was pointing at, uh, uh, at Kayla. I was trying to say, I don't see her lips moving. She's good. <laughs> Anyone else? See how things change on my first Sunday here. Ed and Diane came up to meet me and they said, we probably are your church members who live the furthest away. Now you're probably the closest or close to it. So they come to their senses and got out of Union County. Anyone else?
me call your attention to a passage of Scripture this morning to help get us focused and on worship this morning. In Isaiah 55, he says, Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat, yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the same mercies of David.
continue singing with Praise Him, Praise Him. Uh, 
but has spent several days in the hospital. Barbara had a heart attack, and uh, she is home. And uh, talked with her yesterday evening, and she seems to be doing well. And uh, so remember uh, Barbara. Keep her in your prayers. Uh, God was uh, looking out for her uh, when uh, the day it happened. Uh, her uh, daughter was up here at Lowe's, and so she just uh, felt like, I can go by and check on my mom. And uh, got over there and found her and got her to the hospital. And, uh, so she's uh, had to put a stint in, but uh, she seems to be doing well, uh, well now. In fact, when I talked to her, she sounded the strongest to me. She sounded in a while, so hopefully they've got her on the uh, road to recovery. Anyone else? Any other prayer requests we need to include this morning? Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, I assume I know what you're talking about. Uh, Barbara's raising her hand over there. Uh, Norman is having uh, his knee replaced uh, Tuesday, so remember him. And he was telling me he went to the doctor this week to check it, and they messed up the other one. So now they're already talking about doing the other one. It sounds to me like that doctor's got a car payment due. Anyone else? Decoded, Archie. pray um, for these. Um, a lot of folks are already printed here uh, that um, are uh, in some very serious uh, situations. And so uh, join me in praying together uh, this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord, with uh, thankful hearts that you uh, allow us and invite us to come into your presence to make our uh, our needs and uh, our burdens known to you, to lift up uh, the, the suffering and the pain and the sickness of our friends and loved ones. Uh, Lord, today as uh, we come to you, uh, uh, just a, a lengthy list, Lord, of people who uh, need you to, uh, to intervene, who need you to touch their bodies, uh, God, who, need, uh, who need healing, who are facing surgery, uh, who are dealing with cancer, heart attacks, God, just such a, uh, a mighty list, uh, but God, we know we serve a mighty God. Uh, God, we know that there's nothing, uh, no circumstance, no situation uh, represented by this prayer list this morning uh, that uh, strains your power, uh, that, uh, that would uh, cause you to, uh, to scratch your head and wonder what you're going to do, uh, God, that uh, it's all uh, within your uh, within your command, Lord, we uh, trust you today, and pray, Lord, that uh, you will look over uh, each one. Uh, God, that you would uh, again comfort and heal, and guide doctors and nurses, uh, family that's taking care, uh, or all all the uh, various components, God. But that ultimately, God, you would be the one uh, who would be glorified, you'd be honored, and uh, God, that you would get the praise for what you do. And we'll give you the honor uh, 
for all of it. For it's in Jesus' lovely name I pray. Amen.
10, 12 months, 10, 12 years, you know, I want you to be in, you know, the longer you're in debt, the harder you're going to work. Uh, I, I don't think Jesus was looking for young and dumb and in debt, uh, but he did show us here uh, some of the things that he's looking for uh, in his followers. And uh, if you're trying to follow along on, uh, on the back of your bulletin, it's not Carol's fault. Uh, yesterday afternoon I was looking and decided I wanted to make a few adjustments uh, to what, uh, what I had sent her. So uh, let her off the hook for that uh, this morning. Uh, but uh, as we begin looking at this passage, uh, as Jesus begins calling the first uh, of his disciples, uh, what we see, in, again, in Mark's uh, abbreviated, uh, quick-fire way, uh, I think we can discover uh, some of the character uh, that, uh, that Christ is looking for uh, in those who would follow after him, uh, in those who would be his servants. And uh, it is still a uh, good example for us. It's still a reminder uh, of what Christ desires uh, what he is, uh, what he wants to see uh, in those who would uh, call themselves uh, followers of Jesus. And again, uh, those of you uh, who have been paying attention know that I've uh, been trying to get away from using the term Christian so much uh, because, again, Christians are everywhere. Uh, everybody's a Christian. But uh, what we're talking about is followers of Christ, uh, those who actually uh, are, are going after uh, is what the Greek word here means. Going after uh, Christ. Going after uh, Him. I think about uh, when I hear that phrase, going after, following. 
Uh, I think about uh, a parent who is uh, out in the uh, out in the marketplace, uh, and and maybe their child. Uh, starts to, to wander away a little bit. Uh, if you've ever seen that, uh, that pursuit, that parent going after that child, they will, you know, if, you know, they could be a 90-year-old woman on a cane, and, and if she's between that mama and, and that baby, that 90-year-old woman on a cane is fixing to get another cane. Uh, I mean, it's just she'll, she'll run over to get, she's pursuing uh, that child. She thinks that child's in danger. That child might end up in traffic or something, or somebody might snatch that child. That mother goes after that baby. Uh, and the, the thought crosses my mind, is that the way we are pursuing? Uh, is that the way we're going after uh, following up? Uh, is that the way we're going after uh, his uh, being his disciples, being his uh, followers? And so uh, as we begin this, we're going to talk some about the character uh, that we see uh, that uh, is uh, revealed to us here uh, in this, uh, as you uh, look at uh, th- these uh, these brief words. There's uh, again, Mark's really concise, uh, but I think he reveals to us some things uh, that if we kind of look carefully, uh, we can see the character uh, that Mark uh, describes here for us uh, in these passages. Beginning in verse uh, 16 uh, of chapter 1, uh, Mark says, he walks by the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and that will come back in a moment to be uh, important. He's by the Sea of Galilee, he sees Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, uh, Come you after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. One of the first things as you look at that uh, brief verse, and again, uh, you know, we don't see that uh, in that passage, it doesn't say Jesus went looking for A, B, C, D, E. Uh, but what we can do uh, is look at the type of men that he did call uh, and make some deductions, some conclusions uh, about the kind of men that he did call. He, first of all, as I look at that, uh, the first thing that just stands out uh, is that uh, he just calls simple, everyday, average people. He, he just calls, he called fishermen here. Just everyday, working class uh, normal folks uh, to be his followers. He didn't go to the uh, temple. He didn't go to the tabernacle. He didn't go to the seminary uh, and, and look for what you and I might uh, typically think of. Uh, he goes down by, the Bible says, the Sea of Galilee and finds some men who are tending to their nets. They're fishermen. Uh, again, they're they're. they're uh, probably poorly educated. They, uh, you know, they're, they're they're just average guys. They're you know they're, they're not the mayor of the town. They're, they're not. Uh, he didn't go to city council. Uh, he didn't go to the political arena. He didn't go uh, to any of those places. He uh, easily uh, could have went to the the priest, and the priest typically had. Uh, some uh, some students that they were uh, mentoring and, and, and were leading along. He could have went and said, give me your best, give me your brightest, 
uh, give me your, your A-plus students, give me the valedictorian, let me see your honor roll, uh, that kind of thing. But he just goes down and, and he finds some fishermen. I don't know about you, uh, but I find that to be a, a very comforting, encouraging uh, thought. Uh, that when Christ is looking uh, for His followers, He's just looking for the average, everyday guy. You don't have to be uh, a seminary graduate. You don't have to be, uh, you know, the, the head politician. You don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to uh, wear $1,000 suits. You can just be a normal everyday Joe, and God says, I can use you if you will follow me. That, that, there's the, the kicker uh, in this story. It doesn't matter whether or not they're fishermen or, uh, or, or, or priests at the temple if they're not willing to follow him. And so he, he takes these, uh, these simple, ordinary men, again, not religious leaders, not, not even powerful men. They, these weren't influential men. Uh, these men uh, had, uh, in all likelihood, probably negative influence in the society. They, you know, when, probably when I mean, what I mean by negative is not they were bad, but, but people just generally didn't really care what they thought. They're, you're just a fisherman. Yeah, you, you can almost hear somebody saying something like that. You're just a fisherman. You know, who are you to get involved in, in, in this kind of thing? Uh, again, you're not, you don't work in the temple. You don't work in the tabernacle. Uh, you know, you're not even a student. You know, you're just a, just a fisherman. And Christ says, follow me. Again, that's, that, that may be one of the most comforting things uh, that you and I can hear this morning is, is that wherever you are, whoever you are, uh, that Christ shows us here uh, that uh, just simple men engaged in just their day-to-day -day life was who Christ called to be His closest confidants, who, who He called to be His closest associates to work with Him uh, in establishing uh, his ministry and his influence. Just, again, just average, ordinary uh, men that, uh, why didn't he call uh, the gifted? I think of, uh, and I, I've shared this with you before, uh, Junior Hill, great evangelist, used to say uh, that God calls the ugliest and the dumbest to preach. And he does that because then if they manage to accomplish anything, uh, that nobody will say it's because they're smart or they're good looking. Yeah, uh, you know, he called the ugliest and the dumbest. Well, he goes and he calls just, uh, again, uh, the, the ordinary. And what was it about these men? What was it in their character uh, that Jesus did see uh, that was, uh, was behind his uh, calling of this men? They, 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 while they weren't influential, while they weren't wealthy, while they weren't priests, while they weren't even students of the priest, they did have some very, uh, very important qualities about them that uh, are revealed to us in this story uh, that, that uh, revealed to us what Christ was looking for. First of all, the Bible says when he found them, look at that passage, when he found them, they were tending their nets. When he found them, they were hard at work. When he found them, they were doing their job. 
One of the things that, uh, that, that Christ is looking for in, in his followers, and one of the things uh, that we need to understand uh, is that he's looking uh, for those who are, uh, again, workers, those who are willing uh, to, uh, if you remember what his phrase was, uh, he says, uh, take my yoke. You don't put a yoke on to take a nap. Yeah, when you get ready to put your ox up at night, you don't put the yoke on him to go into the stable. You put the yoke on him for what, CD? Put the yoke on him to plow the field. Yeah, you put the yoke on him to send him to work. Listen, we need to understand, uh, you know, and it's almost uh, goes against the way that we are, even in the church sometimes, marketing Christianity. Yeah, think about it. We, 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 and I don't know that marketing Christianity is exactly the right phrase, but oh, you just need to come to church and everything will be all right. Anybody in here found that to be true? Yeah. It will be all right one day, but right now, we're still in this world where people get sick, where people hurt, where things are hard. We just know, as Paul said, that there is a prize that we keep our eyes on. We need to understand, and, and we need to, again, put, our, uh, put on the oak and realize that being a follower of Christ uh, involves uh, some hard work. It involves uh, being ridiculed sometimes. It involves having people uh, make fun. It involves being insulted. It involves uh, you know, so, some hard labor. And, and so Jesus finds some men here uh, who are willing, he knows, to do hard work. They're, they're willing to work. Not only does he, we see that in this story that they were, uh, they were hardworking men, uh, but also that these were visionary men. These were men, I believe, that were looking for the Messiah. Now, notice with me and allow me some, some leeway in this passage. Again, Jesus says to them, Come after me and I will make you become fishers of men. And, and the, I think the operative word there is it says, And straightway, immediately, straightway, immediately, they forsook their nets and followed him. Now, we don't see where these disciples looked at Jesus and said, what? Everybody in here who has children, been around children, knows some form of this exchange. Come on, let's go. Where are we going? It doesn't matter, just come on. When will we be back? It doesn't matter. Just come on. Do I have to go? Yes. Why? Anybody in here ever had some form of that conversation? Maybe not exactly. What worries me is I see a few wives looking at their husbands about that conversation. Do I have to go? Yeah. Jesus says, follow me, and straightway they left their nets and followed. That says to me that these men had been looking for something.
to begin with. They had been, they had, all their life, they had been hearing and being taught about the coming Messiah. And they had heard about uh, this Messiah that was coming. And so when Jesus comes along and says, follow me, they're ready to follow him no matter the cost. They're willing to go uh, and, and to follow him. And that's what I think really distinguishes these men from many others who would say they're followers of Christ. That they were willing, that they were looking for something. They expected something. They didn't know what following Jesus was going to look like. They didn't know what it was going to cost. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know how long they were going to be gone. They didn't know what it was going to cost them. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know if they'd ever see their family, their hometown. They didn't know if it was going to cost them their life. But straightway, they forsook their nets and followed Him. They believed that following Jesus into the unknown was better than tending and doing the known. And by knowing, I, again, fishing was all these men. Again, if you notice, the passage says that it was that they were tending that they that it was their fathers. They, this was the family business. It's all they'd known since they were children. And they realized they were looking for something and that following Jesus into the unknown was better than tending to what they knew. Have we come to that point this morning where we're willing to say, I would rather follow Jesus into the unknown than to stay here in the known. To stay here doing what I am, uh, what I am accustomed to. There were other hard workers. There, there were other people. That I, certainly they weren't the only ones tending their nets. Certainly they weren't the only, only hard workers on the docks that day. But apparently they were the only ones looking for a Messiah. Looking to follow after Jesus. We see none of that. Notice something else that is pointed to by, by Mark's story. You look in verse 19. It says, when he had gone a little further, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. So the third thing I, I see hinted at by Mark's story is these are men, not only who are hard workers, not only who are looking for, looking to follow Jesus, looking for something better. These are men who are in unity, these are men who are willing to work together. Again, we see here James and John, his brother, who were in the, sh in the ship mending their nets. How many of you in here got a brother? I'm going to go over here to Tommy for a minute because I know his situation. Tommy, you don't even need to elaborate. Just part of the look on your face would be all, all we need. He's in the ship working with his brother. How's that working with your brother go about half the time? <laughs> Anybody in here that's had more than one child? I can remember close to that 28 years ago taking David and Caleb 
and putting them in two chairs facing each other and taking a big beach towel and just putting them over, putting it over them both, like parrots. I hope one or two things will happen, like a parrot either they hush. But I said, you two have got to learn to get along, so I'm just going to put you together. You're going to kill each other or get along? Yeah. I'm not giving you that advice as parenting advice. I'm just telling you what I did. Yeah. If you've ever had two children, more than one, yeah, you know what it's like. James and John working together, mending their nets. If you've had more than one child, you know that's a sign of something. Yeah. Of getting these two brothers to work together. Just being on the same ship. Anybody who's ever put a brother and a sister, two brothers, two sisters, in the back seat of a car together and heard, He's looking at me! He's touching me! Maybe I'm straining the point a little bit here, but I see James and John working together. They're going to be called on to work together for the next three years and beyond in the ministry. I, 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 I'm going to go down the road here. I happened originally. It wasn't on the map, okay? In my opinion, number one thing hurting the testimony of the church in our day is that there is no cooperation or very little, very little unity between the body and the body of Christ. People can get in a fight at their neighborhood bar. Christ is looking for followers that can work together and look over. Listen. We're all human. We're all going to do things that get on each other's nerves. You're going to get on mine, I'm going to get on yours, he's going to get on ours. But we're supposed to be working to the same prize. We need that cooperation and that unity that is displayed here by these disciples. I want you to notice another thing about them in verse 20. Straightway he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. The next thing I notice about their character is their concern, their compassion. They didn't just jump up and get out of the boat. They made sure that their father was taken care of. They made sure that Zebedee was going to be okay. Dad, we're going to follow him. We want to make sure you're all right. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, then our compassion, again, our, um, our care and concern for others should be our trademark. It should be should be what uh, you know what what labels us. Think about that. These men opportunity to follow the Messiah. Hold on one second. 
Got to make sure Daddy's okay. Got to make sure he's took care of. Their compassion. Listen, think about this. The vision, the labor. And look what Jesus calls them to. You see their character, but then you see their call. Simple words. Follow me. One of the things that's interesting is if you study this passage in the original language, you find out that there's, and it depends on what translation you're reading this morning, whether it says, follow me, come after me, uh, it, it may say it in different ways, but basically it's follow me. But yet all three of those are three different words in the original language. Jesus in three different ways says, come on, follow me. If you walk by the Sea of Galilee, he sees him cast in there. And, and you kind of see it in the King James Version because it uses some different words. He said to him, come after me. And, and, and so it's simply, follow me, and I, I'll make you fishers of men. Listen, I want you to, this is, this is my, the second point that I want you to see is extremely simple. We'll need to stay here long. He gives them one simple call. Follow me. He doesn't say to them, hey, you need to go and start a church. You need to go and go to seminary. You, you, you know, he didn't give them a long list of stuff. He just said, follow me. Follow me. Come with me. Listen, what was, what was curious in this setting was in that day, uh, in the, uh, in the rabbinic school, uh, the, 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 the student would come in and try to impress the priest to become one of his followers. In this situation, Jesus goes out and finds his student. And he says to him very simply, follow me. Again, he says, I just want you to be allegiant. I want you to be committed to following me. Doesn't give them a bunch of details. He doesn't say to them, "Listen, here's I want you to do A, B, C, D," and you know. He doesn't give them all this. He says, "Follow me. Follow me." You understand this morning? It's possible to start a church and not follow Jesus. It's impossible. It's possible today to pastor a church. And not follow Jesus. It's possible to teach a Sunday school class. And not follow Jesus. It's possible to sing a beautiful solo. To sing in the choir. To give a lot of money. It's possible to do those things. And not follow Jesus. You can. There's plenty of people who are heathen to the core, who give big amounts of money to various Christian causes. I'm following God. There are men standing in the pulpit. We see it all the time in the news. We see it way too often, in fact. You'd stand up and preach. You'd be a pastor of a massive church. Thousands. Not be following God. Jesus says, follow me. Follow me and let all those other things fall into place. I'm reminded of the story of Vance Hadley. Vance Hadley, um, 
Kenneth Wright used to call him a little raisin of a man. A little mountain preacher here in the mountains of North Carolina. If you ever seen his picture, you'd say, yeah, raisin of a man. That's a pretty good description. Uh, he's just a little, little tiny fellow. But he told the story about a guy coming to the altar and had this list and it had on it, teach a Sunday school class, preach, go to the mission field, had all these things on it. He said, Richard leaned over and started talking to him and says, how can I help you pray? So he said, well, I'm just, I got this list of things here and I'm trying to get God to show me which one of them it is he wants me to do. He says, son, tear that up and go back and come back with a blank piece of paper. Come back with a blank piece of paper. Let, let, let God fill in the list. You just follow God. He didn't tell these men, most of you are going to die. He didn't tell these men, most of you are going to be martyred. He didn't tell these men, most of you are going to be hated, rejected by your own families, by your friends. He just said, follow me. The question this morning is not how much have we gave, what job do we have, what role do we fulfill, uh, what title do we have, what degree do we have, any of those things. The question this morning is, do we follow Him? Wherever He leads, I'll go. We sing it. We sing it with gusto. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I've always thought there ought to be a second line. Wherever he leads, I'll go as long as he leads me where I wanted to go to begin with. Because, simply put, is follow me. His call changed their life. These are men who in all likelihood had Jesus not come along would have probably never left the shores of Galilee. They would have never left their nets, never left their ship, except maybe on occasion to go down to Jerusalem for the religious feast. But other than that, they would have never, probably in all likelihood, left Jerusalem, uh, Galilee. They would have spent their life talking about fishing and family and boats and weather and the wind, which way it was blowing, whether it was high tide or low tide. They would have spent their life in that little globe. But when Jesus said, follow me, they became world travelers preaching the gospel around the world. Peter to Rome. John to Ephesus. Andrew basically to Russia, what we know as Russia. They saw thousands have their life changed as they came to Christ. Peter and John wrote material that we still read and study and talk about, guide us and directs us, influences people some 2,000 years later. All because Jesus said, follow me. And straightway, they left their nets. You want to be a world changer? You want to make a difference in this world? Don't aspire to be a pastor. 
Don't aspire to be a missionary. Don't aspire to be a teacher. Don't aspire, aspire to be a big donor. Aspire, get, drive yourself to follow Jesus wherever He leads. And then finally you see the commission. They forsook their nets and they went. Jesus says, I'll make you fishers of men. It was a phrase that was already in use in that time. They knew the phrase, fishers of men. It was the phrase the prophets used to talk about gathering up people to, uh, for judgment, that they would bring them in. Now these became fishers of men, not again to be teachers or preachers or priests or counselors or uh, administrators, but to carry the gospel. I come back to, I think, one of the critical, crucial, central messages of this passage. Simple men doing a simple thing with a simple message. Simple men following Jesus, preaching the cross. And they changed the world. They changed the world. Evil Powell, great Bible scholar, commentator, preacher, he says, writes in one of his commentaries, he says, we all have boats, and, and I'm paraphrasing, he says, we all have boats and nets. Most of what we value on this earth can be found in those boats and those nets. But to turn our backs on our family, our friends, our own personal ambition, our desire for fame and fortune, our desire for notoriety is seldom easy. But it is the true test of following Jesus. Will we put down our nets and leave our boats and follow Him? Jesus said, He that loveth father and mother more than me is none of me. He's not of me. He's not of me. He that finds his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for me shall find it. It's much safer, Powell concludes, to be resting in the arms of God than to be rocked to and fro in a fancy fishing boat. Simple men, simply following Jesus, simply preaching Jesus. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. You're here this morning and you say, well, I know I'm, a, I'm saved. I know that I've given my heart to Christ. I know beyond any doubt that if I was to, to die today, that I would spend eternity with God. I know that. 
constantly there. Literally, I'm staking my soul on that. But have you left your nets? Have you left your ship? Have you said, have you honestly said, Lord, wherever you lead, I'll go? You just want simple people to follow him and proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. More importantly, you're here today and you're sitting in your boat, you're mending your nets, you're minding your business. There's nothing wrong with mending nets. There's nothing wrong with being a fisherman. You think to yourself, I'm not a bad person. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm, I'm good. I'm better than a lot of people. I haven't committed any crimes. But this morning you're not following Jesus. You don't know him as your personal Savior. You've never asked him into your heart. You're a good person. You're in church on Sunday morning. You sang when we sang. You prayed when we prayed. You sat reverently while I discussed the Word of God. You shook hands with people. You told them you were glad to see them. You're a good person. But you don't know Christ this morning. You've never asked Him into your heart. And you need to be saved today. You're joining us online. Same question. This morning, would you accept Christ as your Savior? If you're online, if you give us a call, send a message. You're here in this room in just a minute. This is what we're going to do. We're going to sing a song. And I'm going to stand down front, and I'm going to invite you to come. And I want to talk to you. I want to show you from God's Word how you can be saved today, how you can know beyond any shadow of a doubt when you leave this building today that should you die, you'd spend eternity with Him. You can know that today. Not hope it, not think it, but you can know it. You can become a follower of Jesus Christ. Just as surely as He stood on that dock and said to those young fishermen, follow me, He's calling you today and saying, follow me, follow me. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. God, I ask you today to take it and use it. God, to filter it through the Holy Spirit that it would find a lodging place in heart. God, that those who know you as their Savior, wouldn't be content just knowing that they want to be devoted followers, coming after you like a mother would pursue a runaway child. To be the man, the woman, that you desire to be. And if there's one here today who doesn't know you personally, that I pray that you deal with their heart in such a way that they're unable to walk out the door this morning. Until they ask Jesus into their lives. We give you the honor to us, which is Jesus and my Father. Amen.
Um, it's the only cheese, I don't think. So uh, we, that's good. I said this point is We just get our hamburger. Um, but uh, this is just to recognize it uh, again for Administrative Professional Day for all that she does uh, and how all the work she does to, to keep. You, you have no idea um, all that she does uh, to keep. And 99% and of it is not on her job description. Uh, or, and I know it's not on Thomas, uh, and so uh, I mean, I'd be ready to go by. And if you want to chase Archie down and wish him happy 60-something, one, I, I would give you the 62. Uh, it's his, uh, his birthday, him and Debbie both are all doing it. So, um, so anyway, let's bow to this mess. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day you gave for allowing us to gather here this morning. Uh, God, I do thank you uh, personally uh, for these three people, uh, God, who have been so faithful to you, uh, but to me, uh, who have stood by me when I was making boneheaded decisions, and uh, God has been faithful to this church. Uh, Lord, who have served, and not only you, but uh, the people of this church. Uh, God, so ask you, Lord, just to bless uh, Archie and Karen Tommy. Uh, God, that um, as they continue uh, to serve you in some form or fashion. And go uh, with us as we leave here. God, just uh, down and direct us, keep us safe, and we'll give you the honor for it all. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.